Hey there, welcome to Let's Reset. This is a podcast where it takes 15 to 20 minutes to reset midweek. Our focus on God and watch what that'll do for you in your life when we center him week in and week out. My name is Rich Main and I appreciate you guys listening in. Let's just go ahead and get right into it. So last week on Friday, we talked about how in life we can be so focused on the storm going on in our life that we can we miss out on opportunities of miracles that God's trying to work through us. And that's referencing to a story of Peter walking on water and the disciples not being able to. Uh, but to get that full message, look at last week's message. It was posted on Friday um, where this is being posted on a Wednesday. And this is actually our first episode on Wednesdays. This could continue being on Wednesdays because we talk about that midweek. Um, we go to church in the, on weekends. We get filled our we fill our cup, uh, and moving forward, Monday we feel good. Tuesday start to lose it. Wednesday life starts to hit. It's middle of the week for most people, and sometimes that's where it gets hard. And so that's where I want to help inspire us, inspire you to refocus, reset, and be able to live out um, a life of just being on fire for God the entire week, every week. Now. Sometimes we go through seasons of life that are just amazing and our faith is strong for God in those moments, in those seasons, because everything's going well. Then we have those times, uh, those seasons of suffering, which is what we talked about last week and how we don't want to be try to remove those, but we try to be calm in them and keep our eyes on God. And then we have seasons of either unawareness they're neither good they're neither bad we feel lost and this is where we kind of this is where i kind of want to go into today so the title of this message is god is always working we know he's working when it's a good season we kind of know sometimes he's working in in suffering it depends where our focus is but he definitely is working it's just whether we have our eyes on him or not now, in the seasons of unawareness where, or just of feeling lost where it's neither it's neither good or bad, we're kind of just in the middle, this is where we have this question of, like, God, where are you working in my life? And I promise you, he is. One, I can reference it from stories from things going on in my life, but also going into the word and going and looking, actually looking back at some actions from Peter as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. The reason what I want to set you guys up with today is kind of an action step and kind of just understanding of the gospel, of a little bit of the gospel, a little bit of the word to reference to your own life and give you confidence in certain seasons to be able to have faith, not lose faith and keep your eyes on keep your eyes on God. So that being said, we're going to look at things that happened to Peter that were unexpected. They weren't necessarily tragic. Some were, some weren't. And then they weren't necessarily great either. And we can watch and look at Peter's emotions and kind of emotional train that goes on during this uh, section of his life and his interaction and his faith with Jesus and God, what really happens. That being said, it's a bunch of unexpected events. 
So let's go ahead and I want to set you up. Before we get into the unexpected events, let's kind of give a little background on Peter. If you don't know who he is. One, background of Peter. His name actually isn't Peter. His name is Simon. And the first time Simon met uh, Jesus, Jesus stated, For you are a rock, I shall build this church upon this rock, and you shall be called Peter. And this is where the birth of Peter began. And from that day on, Peter and Jesus had an amazing, amazing relationship. They were really, really close. Peter considered Jesus his best friend. Um, their base of operation was actually kind of Pete, like Peter's home. So that's where they're at. Now, there's a moment in Matthew 16 where Jesus is asking the disciples, hey, so what is like, so guys, what, what is the world kind of, what do they say about me? Who do they say I am? And so I'm like, oh, some think you're John the Baptist. Some think you're um, just some other, just some other um, prophet or things going like that. And then out of nowhere, he's like, okay, how about you? Who do you say I am? And immediately Peter responds, Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew 6, 16, 16, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, this isn't a reference, right? In those seasons of good faith, where things are going well, it's a good season, we're, we're receiving blessings, we have no issue with saying, yep, that's all God. He's hit. That's, it's all from him. This is all him in those good seasons. And that's kind of where Peter's at right here. Things have been going well. He's being announced. He's kind of like the leader of the group. And Jesus asked him, he's like, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And right then and there, Jesus gives him this huge affirmation. Jesus replies, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. How about that? It's not over. It goes on. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven now that is an affirmation from jesus right there calls him a rock he's gonna build his church upon him like we are you know you had those seasons of life where you just like you're getting blessing after blessing and you just get this affirmation you're like jesus you were it and he provides you with something you asked for and you're like this is like everything's going well that's this moment right here for peter now let's move on to the unexpectedness because that always happens in everyone's life yours mine peter's everyone now let's look at some stuff We'll look at some tragic, unexpected things. We'll also just look at some random, unexpected things that Peter kind of starts just to get lost and feel questioned about. The first one is let's look at the final meal. So the final meal is the last meal before Jesus was crucified. And Peter was expecting to be able to celebrate this meal with him. Not that he wasn't, but this is how it went. Jesus actually assigned Peter to be a servant to prepare the meal. Now, that's not what he was expecting. So that's one expectation where you're like, imagine you're expecting to be nowadays. Let's let's talk about this. You're expected to be 
employee of the month or like you're supposed to earn this thing in the company and you're not and you're actually asked to do something else in that time. And you're a little confused about it because you've just had this run of just all this great stuff. You're the leader. And then all of a sudden you're asked to do something different that is not leading in your eyes. Now, the second thing, Judas sits next to him on the left of him during the meal. Now you're like, Rich, why is that significant at all? Like it's a big table. People got to sit next to each other. Like, la da da. Well, back in the day, the person who sits on the left of you is like you're really close person. Like you would share dipping sauce with them. Like I don't know about y'all. Like you, you would sh- you would share that dipping sauce. You know, everyone's a little picky about their own dipping dipping sauce. You don't want to double dip. You don't want to do all that stuff. Person on the left is who you share the dipping sauce with. And for Peter, that was him. That was him and Jesus. Yet at this moment, Judas is sitting next to him on his left. And for those of you that don't know, Judas, his story goes, Judas is the one that betrayed Jesus and turned him in. So how about that for a turnaround? Now, Peter doesn't, and Simon, they don't know, the disciples don't know this at this point. But at that meal, Jesus does state, one of you is going to betray me. Doesn't say who. He says, one of you is going to betray me. Jesus knows who it is. And he sits him right next to his left. And I think he did that so they could remember, so the disciples could remember, and specifically so Peter could remember in that moment how to serve. Now that's, let's look at another somewhat non-tragic thing. When Jesus goes and goes to the ceremonial stone of uh, water and starts to ask to wash their feet, this was completely unexpected. Like, like I can't even explain to you how, to them, to them, how inappropriate this was for them. It's like, I don't even, I don't even, it'd be like your three-year-old, like your, your two-year-old child, or you have a kid and they're two years old, and they're working to do and pay all of your bills this month. Like, that's how inappropriate to them this is. I know those don't really relate, but I'm just trying to get this with this emotional just um, understanding of what this is for for Peter and the rest of the disciples. And this is eventually it leads to showing that the God is a serving God, a loving God. Jesus is a loving and serving and to basically forecast to the uh, disciples that to present his word, they're going to have to serve others now it's another thing that was unexpected now let's get to a little bit more tragic things maybe things that aren't going so well now there's two instances where jesus actually rebukes peter and basically calls him out the first is this is before the final meal but comes up a conversation jesus states that he is going to basically Bear his life and give his life for God and for everyone else. In that moment, Peter, who believes after having this affirmation of like, basically, I have the kingdom, I have the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever I say shall be done. And gives him that affirmation. Peter, out of just passion, goes, no, that's the work of Satan. That shall not happen. And just like, 
says no to everything Jesus just said. And in that moment, let me read you this. Matthew 16, 23. Jesus responded, get behind me, Satan. Now he goes from, just in that line right there, he goes from being a rock and having the church built upon him to get behind me, Satan. Let me continue. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now, that's getting called out right there. And now imagine your best friend telling you they love you so much and you're, they're just really important to you and they're going to have this they you're going to have this impact on their life and they go and tell you that right there. How would that how would you feel? Exactly. I would that would not feel good to me. I've had that happen to me. It does not feel great. Now, there's a second time that <laughs> that he gets rebuked again during the final meal. Matthew 26, 34. They're having this conversation about Jesus mentioned how one of them could betray him, and then Peter responds, I will never betray you. I would go to I would die for you. And, and Jesus responds, Truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And again, Peter showing his passion and trying to prove his faith. Jesus tells him, you are going to deny me three times before the rooster crows tomorrow. Again, two things, two rebukes that Peter is just not expecting in life. And all of this is starting to dwindle his faith. All the way to a moment to when Judas does betray him. And the arresting of Jesus, they say we're going to take him. Peter acts out of passion once again, says no, takes his sword out and cuts an, and attacks and cuts an ear off of one of the people, uh, the priest's assistants. And in this moment, just Jesus says, stop, calm, resheath your sword. And in this moment, Peter feels that he was fighting for Jesus and was just told to stop. And to Peter, it looks like Jesus is giving up. Let me repeat that. To Peter, it looked like Jesus was giving up. When we now know he doesn't at this time that it was his faith that was he was giving up on. And we, we can relate this to anything in our life. What expected things do we have that are coming? They don't necessarily have to be tragic. But they, they sw- slowly dwindle down, our, dwindle down our faith and the enemy comes in. And we start to question, is God giving up on me? But let me tell you, God is always working and he is always working for you. Now... Remember, in Matthew 26, 34, I told you uh, that Jesus told Peter that he was going to disown him three times. Well, that comes to fruition. In Matthew 26, um, 69 through 75, this is the story of which uh, Peter denies even knowing Jesus three times. 
and then he hears a rooster crow. And in this moment, he remembers what Jesus told him and broke down and wept. Now, the good, the good part of this, because this is a good thing. Peter realized where he lost his faith. In this moment, when the rooster crowed, this is after Jesus was arrested. This is after, uh, this is when Jesus is being taken to the cross. And in this moment, this is when, she, when Peter realized he was losing faith. He broke down and wept. And re- this is where he basically repented for his sins in this moment. Now, later on, three days later, Jesus rises. He tells them, tell the disciples I have risen or tell the disciples and tell Peter that I have risen. And from that moment on, the disciples, including Peter, have this fire lit in them for the cause of Christ and just willing to die for him. And they die and eventually do die for this cause. Now, if you look, Peter was alive when Jesus was alive. Uh, when he got arrested, the disciples scrambled. P- Peter denied him three times. Judas trained, uh, traded him, uh, betrayed him, and turned him in. Like they all just like dispersed. Like you might like I got a great group of friends, and you turn around, they all gone. He'd be like. Oh my goodness. Like that's what happened to Jesus. Now, when Jesus rose, all your friends all of a sudden were right there. And not only that, they went and just died for you. That's what happened. So you're like, Rich, what's what's the point of you telling me this? Like, God, you said God's always working. What's the point of this? Look, you're gonna have seasons of life. When Jesus gives, when Jesus gave Simon that, that affirmation, you're gonna have seasons of life that are your blessing after blessing. You ask for something, you receive it, and you feel on fire for God. Then you're going to have seasons of life of unexpected things that kind of dwindle down your faith. You feel kind of lost. Then you're going to have seasons of faith that are suffering. You realize you've lost faith. You don't know what's going on and you kind of lose yourself in the storm, which we talked about last week. If you didn't listen to it, check it out because this will relate so much more. You'll lose yourself in the storm and we lose faith. Now, I want to go back to what I talked about. Now, and then the third season, before I go back, rewind. Before I go back to it, the third season is if you, you keep the faith, the disciples, all these things were happening. God was working. All these things were meant to happen, especially to Peter. The unexpectedness of, to serve. The having Judas sit next to him. Uh, having his feet uh, washed by Jesus to being rebuked multiple times to for Peter to realize the true power in to establish his faith in Christ so he could go on with his cause and eventually die for the cause that Jesus died for. Relating to you, things are going to happen. Unexpectedness is going to happen, but God's preparing and working in your life to set you up to work for him and he will work through you and do amazing things in not only your life, but in other people's lives as well. Now, I'm going to go back to 
that point where I said, um, Peter cut off a man's ear and Jesus told him to stop, he calmed and he felt this, uh, he felt like Jesus was giving up. This is my action step for you. Okay. Every season of life is worth something. The good ones, obviously, we feel good about it. The ones of suffering, necessary. We talked about that last week. We just got to stay calm, keep our eyes on eyes on God. Now, the ones of unawareness or the little or the ones that kind of chip away at us or we start to feel lost, my action step for you, whatever season of life you're in, if you're in a good, if you're in a good season of life, I, I'm happy for you. Keep it up. But when something happens, don't lose faith. Keep your eyes on God. If you're in a season of suffering, we have to take our eyes off the storm around us and put our eyes on the light in front of us and follow God and keep our faith in Him. And if you're in a season of over just being lost, you don't know really, you don't know what's going on. It's neither good, it's neither bad. Um, and maybe your faith is kind of being chipped away little by little, but it's not necessarily like tragic things. Reset and trust that all these things are preparing you for a miracle moving on that you are going to serve and eventually work the cause of God through you because that's what God does. Okay. Now, like Rich, you can say don't lose faith. It's hard. What do I do? Honestly, pray. Pray. It is amazing the things that have happened in my life when I started praying. The unexpected things that happened to me. My car accident that I had when I was in high school that should have killed me. The medic says, like, you should have been in a stretcher on your way to a hospital right now. I had nothing wrong with me except for a minor concussion. Didn't thank God for it at the moment. But God was working in my life. When I found out I could no longer play football and I couldn't accept my D1 scholarship. And football was my life. I, I found my identity in it instead of God. I had no idea that in that time, if I would have, I'd still be there and I never would have met my wife. I never, I probably wouldn't even found God or found Christ if I, if I would be playing football. You know why? Because me playing football led to uh, me almost taking my life because I got so dark in the depression, which you know what stopped that? When my grandma passed away of cancer, she gave me a cross that said Isaiah 40, 31 on it and told me to take care of my sister. And that verse and that sentence from my grandma came to my head right before I took my life and saved my life. That was God having his hand over me before I was even um, a believer. Starting a, and realizing, okay, I found a business I can get into, started a business and have it crash down. That's a tragic thing. That's one of the tragic things. But losing that business led me to people that led me to Christ. That led me to my wife. And one of those people was actually my best, one of my best men at my wedding. And still my best friend, one of my best friends to, to this day. God was working in my life. Even when I didn't know it. Even when I was severely depressed. He was working in my life. And now I'm doing things like this podcast. Um, I love, like my I, my wife have an amazing life together. Uh, we love each other dearly. I've 
been been able and been fortunate to bring people to Christ and be an example. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just you know, putting myself on a pedestal because I'm absolutely not. I'm full of brokenness. And I work on things daily. Um, but it, I'm just referencing of like where I was to what God and where I am now. And God can do that for your life as well. That being said, small recap. From a light, from a, from no matter what season, whether it's a season of blessing and affirmation, to a season of unexpected things that kind of chip away at your faith, to seasons of suffering, we have to keep our eyes on Christ, because I promise He's working in your life, and He's working for you. I said one of my tips is to pray. Let's do that right now. I encourage you to take these words and adopt them as your own moving forward god thank you thank you for your love for your grace and the sacrifice of sending your own son to die for us lord to wash away our sins lord we thank you and we ask you to help open up our heart and our minds to keep our focus on you in all seasons of life we, we realize and understand that you are constantly working through us and for us. We are grateful for it. And we promise to always try to keep our eyes on you, Lord. Lord, thank you. We love you and appreciate you. We say these things in your name. Amen. Well, guys, thank you for listening. This was our first episode on a Wednesday. You can reach out at any point. Don't forget to subscribe. You can do it on all platforms. And you can follow me on Instagram at richmain24, R-I-C-H-M-A-I-N-2-4. Follow me at richmain24. You can message me for prayer at any time or just say, hey, what's up? Let me know about a message uh, or any ideas or something you want to hear about. Appreciate you guys. You have the best of the rest of your day. Talk to you guys next week.